0: A reading from the Gospel of Matthew. On the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Where do you want us to make the preparations for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city to a certain man and say to him, The teacher says, My time is near. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed him, and they prepared the Passover meal. When it was evening, he took his place with the twelve, and while they were eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. And they became greatly distressed, and began to say to him one after another, Surely not I, Lord. He answered, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that one by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that one not to have been born. Judas, who betrayed him, said, Surely not I, Rabbi. He replied, You have said so. While they were eating, Jesus took a loaf of bread, and after blessing it, he broke it, gave it to the disciples and said, "'Take, eat, this is my body.' Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, saying, "'Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. I tell you, I will never drink of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom.'" The Gospel of the Lord. Grace to you all, wherever you are gathered, and know that God is with you. In the name of Jesus, amen. When I was in seminary, I went to church with a writer. She now lives by herself down the block from Elmhurst Hospital in New York City, in one of the hardest-hit neighborhoods in the hardest-hit city from the coronavirus. All she hears are the ambulances, sirens wailing around the clock, bringing people to the hospital who can't breathe, many of them poor, many of them people of color, many of them who will die of COVID-19. Her neighborhood is collapsing under the weight of the disease, and she is nearly collapsing from witnessing it all in isolation. See, she knows she cannot leave her house, but staying in by herself is poisonous too. She said on Facebook that what's holding her up is the hope that she will survive long enough to give and receive one more hug. That's it, the hope of physical embrace, to know in her body that she is loved and not alone. I think that Jesus felt like she does, that he wanted to know in his body that he is loved and not alone. See, he knows what's ahead for him. Betrayal, arrest, crucifixion. And so he does what any of us would do. He gathers his friends together and breaks bread. In his time of need, Jesus took his body and drew it near to the bodies of others. And we know that this meal in the reading tonight, it's a meal that strengthens the disciples. But I believe that it strengthens Jesus too. That he is more able to face the suffering in store because he shares time and space and food with people that he loves. While Jesus lived in his body, And while we live in our bodies, we draw strength from one another, from being part of a community. And that's what makes life in this pandemic so paradoxical. In times of crisis, we have an urge to draw together, to place our bodies near the bodies of those whom we love. And that, of course, is the one thing we must not do. But it doesn't take the urge away. And so the past weeks have brought a parade of improvisations for filling the gap left by physical distancing. People guessing wildly at what can best substitute for the power of bodily presence. Here at church, you've watched us stumble our way into leading worship online. And in your lives, you've figured out how to have online parties with friends. And you've put signs in your windows and chalk on your driveways and joined the social media platforms that your kids and grandkids have been telling you about. And if you are hospitalized with this virus it's even more difficult to find a substitute. In the hardest hit areas of the country, stories are emerging. Doctors who hold their personal cell phones at the door of a room so loved ones can shout, I love you, to their dying family members. Patients who receive their last rites over FaceTime, Patients on ventilators doing all they can to scratch out messages on paper, holding pencils in their fists like they're in kindergarten again. In the lowest and scariest time of their lives, what they want is to know in their bodies that they are loved and that they are not alone. And all we can give each other right now are approximations of the real thing. And these approximations are not enough. You know this. Grandparents who mime a hug over a Zoom call, it's not the same as grandparents hugging their grandchildren. There is no substitute for the comfort that comes from someone holding your hand. But this drive for us to connect body to body, it's still there. And if we can learn anything, it's that this drive itself is holy. This longing we have to take our bodies and draw them near the bodies of others, it is a gift from God, because it echoes God's own desire to be near us. In fact, it pales in comparison to God's longing to draw near to each one of us. Is there any other desire that God actually has besides the one to come close to us in love? This is who God is at the core. God, the one who chose to form our bodies by stooping low to gather the dust of the earth between divine hands and breathing God's own breath into us. God, the creator who entered creation, taking on bodily form in Jesus. Jesus, whose ministry was defined by seeking out others and calling them to follow along in community, whose healings were marked by the laying on of hands and whose love was shown by washing feet. Jesus, who knew what it was to to need friends. Jesus, whose love for the human family was so great that he willingly entered into the worst parts of our existence, enduring betrayal, physical pain and torment, shame and humiliation, and even death. All so that we might not bear these things by ourselves. All so that whatever comes our way, we might know in our bodies that we are loved and not alone. God's desire is to be with us, And so God clears away every obstacle that separates us from God. Fear, sin, death. God marches through all of them with the promise of God's enduring presence. This is what Maundy Thursday is about. This night, we remember how Jesus promised that long after his disciples could see him, he would still be with them whenever they joined together to break bread in his name. It's about Jesus' promise that ordinary elements like bread and wine, blessed and shared in community, would bear his presence into the world once more. Just as he did throughout his life, So he does for us now in this meal. Jesus takes his body and draws it near to our own. In a moment, we will share communion. And you need to know that Jesus is present at this table and at your table. Jesus is marching through the rules of time and space to be with us. In this meal, his body meets our own. And then we, in turn, become incorporated into his body. We are drawn out of our own selves and drawn into a community, a communion that exists beyond what we can see. You might be the only one in your house this evening, but at your table, you feast with Christians far and near. At this table, you can know in your body that you are loved and you are not alone. And I realize that this might not take away the pain of isolation. I know that it doesn't replicate a hug. The sense of togetherness we will feel tonight while we take communion in separate places, that's an approximation Of the real thing that we get when we take it at church. But Jesus is not. There is no approximation with him, only the real, true presence of Jesus with you and for you. He is with you in all things. With those of you who have your tables prepared so thoughtfully, who've been baking all afternoon using the recipe from our website and with those of you who are going to scramble to your cupboard for the wheat thins, and also with those of you who cannot or will not share the feast with us this evening. Wherever you are, Jesus always places himself with you, marching through every obstacle to bless you with his presence, strengthen you for the coming days, and assure you that you are loved And you are not alone. Amen.